Starting June 17th at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. I'm here tonight to give you a little more information about the debut of AEW Collision. I'm here to announce that AEW Collision, beginning June 17th, will feature CM Punk. career. Today I terminated Phil Brooks, CM Punk, for cause. This stems from a backstage incident at AEW All In last Sunday. The incident was regrettable and it endangered people backstage. That includes the production staff, the people who helped put the show on every week, innocent people who had nothing to do with it. I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years. I've been producing them on this network for nearly four years. Never in all that time have I ever felt, until last Sunday, that my security, my safety, my life was in danger at a wrestling show. I don't think anybody should feel that way at work. I don't think the people I work with should feel that way. And I had to make a very difficult choice today. It came at the recommendation of a discipline committee here in AEW, as well as outside legal counsel, who delivered a unanimous recommendation and I have followed up on that recommendation I'm sorry to any fans who are upset by this I'm sorry to anyone who's upset by this despite that we're gonna have a great show tonight on collision and we're gonna have a great AEW all-out pay-per-view tomorrow here in Chicago last weekend was the greatest weekend in AEW history this is the greatest week in AEW history we're gonna continue the great momentum here tonight on collision Has it been a year already? Today, yes. Today, yes. Yeah. <laughs> did did we not call it a year ago? Like that this was not possible, and we don't see a way that they could bring them back. And anyway, welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. <clears throat> I am Justin here with Meals. Uh, I would say that this is a special episode. I I can't. I don't predict that we will be talking about anything other than this topic today or or mm. at, at length today um i guess we just to get right into it um congratulations to gunther oh okay yeah i mean yeah real elephant in the room there yeah i mean uh. well let, let's get like the the perfunctory kind of housekeeping stuff out the way gunther okay. will 
he will beat the record. Um, I believe Friday, um, for the intercon the longest reigning intercontinental champion had a slobber knocker of a match on Friday that I felt was given the gravity and importance that it deserved. As it as it usually is in these kind of situations, they've done really right by Gunther. Like they've really, like they've committed to the the dream, the vision, everything that they've were supposed to do with him. Um, they've done, and it's weird because it's like this is something that I guess they did in NXT UK, but like you really see the difference between you know the main roster and like pretty much kind of like everywhere else with the, like the gravity and the attention they're putting put this. Yeah, um, really, really good match. Love the man. They they really like make Chad Gable like what I feel as though Triple H wanted him to be in NXT years ago, right? Hey, man. He he is a he didn't run from the grind and look at him. Yeah, look at him. Survive. <laughs> look at him. Hey, listen, the bag must have been outstanding for him to stay that uh, stay there that long. But uh, I'm glad to see him finally getting his flowers. And Gunther had one of my favorite Gunther matches with him on on, on Monday Night Raw. Um, payback, of course, was last weekend. Lots of huge happenings there. Um, Jay Uso now on Raw. Meals, do you feel as though we're starting to kind of start the engines rolling for WrestleMania 40? Because uh, I'm starting to feel it uh, with that with that move. You think Uso on Uso? Is that what you're thinking? I'm thinking it's the same move they did last year with with Ray and Dom. Keeping them apart, but giving them their own storylines. Uh, I could see on SmackDown, Jimmy leading back to Bloodline versus the club or Bloodline versus AJ in some way, shape, or form with Jimmy on the outside of it. Um, right. Could definitely see um, on Jay's sense. Jay has a lot of ready-made feuds that could carry him all the way to April that I'm not even really concerned about it. But the real elephant in the room to bring that term up again is Cody and the fact that there's potentially a trade that has to be done <clears throat> to take Jay Uso to Raw, who gets traded in that in that sense. And if Cody's traded to SmackDown, I think it's all systems go in terms of where what we're thinking for Philly in, in Mania uh, in April, right? Well, for one, I think Jay Uso's trade this you know trade to Raw comes from the standpoint of he's beating everybody on SmackDown and he's beating them multiple times or engage with them in one notion or rather. And there's also the elephant of the room of his brother being there. So you mm -hmm. can't really move on with him and other programs, knowing that the looming thing of bloodline stuff is still in the air. So with, you know, solo Jimmy, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns there, it doesn't really make sense to keep him on SmackDown if you want to continue to like develop this feud or even develop Jimmy in a way that makes him look like a viable singles competitor leading into it without the, again, the looming thing of the bloodline there. So I think that's a great thing. Um, Cody is going to be on Raw next week. Yep. It's, it hasn't been confirmed whether or not he will be the one traded. Um, but if they do, I mean, it's a smart ploy. Um, I think... They had him standing at the top of the stage on Saturday like, I hope I did the right thing. And to me, it feels like his gambit was, if I bring Jay here, I get to go there. And right. I think that's his gambit. And and that it feels like a Cody thing to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the actual, like, very dramatic. <laughs> I'm not going to reveal what's actually happening, but here's my pie-in-the-sky plan all after the fact. But like the machinations of that, of having a SmackDown with Cody there while Roman's not there intermittently throughout the fall, winter seasons, because, you know, he's probably not going to be there for, for anything more than Survivor Series leading into the Royal Rumble. It's incredibly right. smart. 
they're thinking they're thinking ahead with that move, especially if Roman, let's just say he takes a break after Mania. Not saying he should or he would, but let's just say he does. And and Cody has to be the star on that show. Bianca's not there. You now have a reason to tune into that show. Right. Um, and I think for I think for a long point as well, um, not to make it grim, I I felt like they also expected Bray to be there to really kind of like hold SmackDown down in a way with a major draw and even with his loss it feels like this is kind of like not necessarily a reaction to it because they could have always done it but it's something that may be needed if cody indeed does go to smackdown yeah um it it, it's it's really interesting and i think it's it's a story where we were kind of i think for the past month meals we're kind of like where are y'all going with this and now it looks like we're getting into another chapter of the story and, and i'm actually kind of intrigued about what's going to happen friday what will happen next monday and with, with all these characters again never thought jay uso would be one of the they got a bunch of baby faces in this company mills like i never thought i'd see the day but they had a bunch of baby faces who are over and that's exactly what we have here um also, i never thought i'd see the day where jay uso comes out and the entire crowd is doing like <laughs> the, bo- the thing the, the, the bop <laughs> um <laughs> Also on this show, we had uh, a hell of a opening match with Trish Stratus and uh, Becky Lynch. I'd say one of my favorite matches of the year, their cage match, tore down the tore down the house and really stole the show. I, I don't think anything on the sh- on the show was, uh, besides maybe the, uh, the the street fight really matched the intensity of that. I agree. I'm going to mark this as probably behind Rhea and Charlotte. I would say this is in the running for like women's match of the year. Um I think it just, this is kind of like, and I know there's a lot of conversation around like the build is soft, but the match was great. Um, (laughs) But I think this is one of those aspects. Wow. Thank you outside. I think this is one of those aspects where it's like these two, these two women were waiting for this opportunity to be able to pull something off. Again, you don't get this on SummerSlam. You just don't. The attention is so diverted. I think the, Again, the looming thing of Roman and the bloodline and that stuff coming on SummerSlam, Cody and Brock on SummerSlam. I think payback, while it isn't a A pay-per-view, it, I don't even think it's a B pay-per-view, to be honest with you, um, provided the right opportunity. is like, okay, here's the stage. Here's the plan. Steal the show. And they knocked it out the gate. They pretty much set the bar incredibly high for whatever the fuck was supposed to follow that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Judgment Day got all the gold and the briefcases. Uh, the right move. I think we called that last week. The, the the right move. Yeah, I think you you have the opportunity. I think one, it's working so well for Rhea and Dom on NXT currently. Like the spread of the influence of Judgment Day throughout um, the WWE makes them feel like a bigger deal. Makes them feel less of like a raw novelty act and more like an actual specter in WWE. Hey, we're doing this. Um, hey we could have come effect there. Now you have the opportunity, like for instance, if Finn and, you know, Damian Priest wanted to go on SmackDown and they wanted to wrestle, let's say, I don't want to say Cody, but (laughs) I guess, I mean, wrestle anyone who's really prominent on SmackDown, they have the opportunity to even just this like side, you know, thing. So it's, it's an interesting, I, I love it. I think also, you know, it felt, it feels like, Kevin Owen, Sami Zayn have been going pretty hard for the last number of months. Um, and it may have caught up with them. Who knows? But I think this is the right decision nonetheless. Right. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's your WWE news. I mean, they drama, drama free uh, <laughs> week for them. 
or all, drama all free. Things um, um, but let let me let me uh, hold on. Let me see if I could do anything like really really quickly because I feel like a, there was, um, yeah. I guess if I had to do a summary of payback, I said it was a great it was a great two match show. Um, had a couple bells and whistles. Um, I think Raw the follow up was way better than Payback. Um, and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how they're like setting up pictures and stuff like that, you know. With uh, oh, by the way, Miz, come on now, come on He's now. Insane. Did you buy the draws? Did you did you Psycho. buy the draws? I'm, I'm about to buy the draws. I'm about to buy the draws. Cycle <laughs> Miz, Cycle Miz is 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 a great is a great <laughs> is a like just a great turn for his character. Um, I wanna I wanna hold like just because all this stuff happened. I wanna hold the LA Night conversation for when we get back. Uh, I don't think people know this yet um that we'll, we're actually going to take a small little break after this episode so we want we wanted to end things on like a a big like kind of a big bang but don't worry yeah we're not not giving you guys content in our absence absolutely and hopefully everything that will come afterwards will be incredibly fruitful but yes the the longest streak in podcast entertainment history um is indeed over but i think we've ex- i think we've transcended that streak I yeah. think the idea, I think we've proved our ground that we, I think we've more than enough, 10,000 hours, we've done more than that, all this other stuff. So I think um, the break that comes, you know, over the next couple of weeks will be needed. And it's also, don't worry, I will go back and listen to old episodes because that's what I've been doing, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I did to prep for this podcast. I tell you that. <laughs> listen to all of our CM Punk episodes and that's what <clears throat> I did. <laughs> so, Without further ado, whew, without further ado, let's uh let's get into it. We told you so. Records we presents. We told y'all. We told y'all. We told y'all two years ago. This was a combustible. This was a combustible situation. Y'all better enjoy it while y'all can, because we know who this guy was. We told y'all a year ago after the fight, fire this nigga. Did I not? Did I not? Uh, Fire him. (laughs) Did I not say that? I said that, right? You said it. You even said it last week. I elected he should be suspended. You was like, no, they should probably fire this ticket, to be honest. I said he's a repeat offender. You can't fucking suspend him. Ain't no job you can beat up the bosses and then beat up the janitor. And still be there. The next week, ain't no way you can do that. You can't hey, beat up, people can't, fearing for their lives, baby. You can't beat up Jeff Bezos, then beat me up the next week. You can't beat up Jeff Bezos, then beat up Josh Pease. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you just can't do that. You can't do that. You gotta go. You gotta go. So, as y'all heard at the top of the show, because you haven't heard it yet, you're gonna laugh when you hear the intro. Mm. Um, this was a two month experiment. That cost AEW millions of dollars with CM Punk. <sighs> and we want to go, we want to go all the way back to how far you want to go back? 10 years ago? Because it's almost also almost 10 years of moving <laughs> WWE. Ten, year, 10 years ago is nuts. I elected one year, but we can go back as far as you want because all the clues are there. We can let's do the preamble. Let's do the preamble. I would love to start this journey. 
and kind of like set it as a part two because we've already done part one. Part one was literally one year ago. Go listen to that podcast <laughs> because part one was us talking about everything leading up to that certain point, everything that led to that explosion. And part two is everything leading up to, in my opinion, Tony Khan having to come out on collision, sit in his little chair, and look at the same people that he galvanized, the same people that he he, he says, like, this is our fight, and watch them boo him for making terrible, terrible, terrible decisions. And in one, in one side, there's credit for owning it, but then at the second side, this should have never happened in any circumstance. Yeah. So, but let's go back, let's go back to 10 years ago. What do you want to talk about from 10 years ago? Uh the fact that. 10 years ago, almost, almost 10 years ago, this was someone who was increasingly upset and, and mad and, and ready to go. And he left that January. He left and he was never to be seen again. And then he did UFC. He did all of that stuff. And again, we've talked about this so many times. You know what I'm saying? Like we've talked about, we've had a whole, a whole episode with Ernest and, and Stat Guy Greg. We talked about the lineage of this guy. He's one of, to me, the most frustrating performers of all time meals because he's such a great mind and even if even where he would lack athletically he gets it as far as storytelling and promos and you know he just can't get out of his own way and i think that's the most tragic part of this before we actually dig into the weeds of the cm punk thing is that there are there are he is not innocent in this whole thing and let's just be clear here like he's not innocent in this thing at all like i said last week he shouldn't have put his hands on jack perry i feel as though if he never put his hands on jack perry he'd still be there at least for the next couple months and jack perry would be the one leaving you know what i'm saying he would be the one out because at that point you're seeing punk showing the restraint however where he's not wrong is the fact that this company drove him to to be this way even more than he already is right Mm -hmm. um Last week, we talked about the fight at All In. We, me and Mills went at length about, um, me and Mills and DMV, sorry, shout out to DMV. Uh, we went at length about, you know, who was to blame here and what was going to come out of it. There was a whole week that week last week where we didn't know what was going on. Tony was completely noncommittal until uh, literally uh, Saturday afternoon uh, or Saturday before evening. collision, four hours before collision, right before collision, right before payback. Um, they released a statement saying that he had been uh, let go with cause uh, due to the investigation from a disciplinary committee uh, and, and a team of legal people. Um, Cause you know how, how, uh, you know, punk loves to litigate. He's uh, he, he's, he's, he's a sewer. Talk um, to my lawyer. That with that, you know, they had let him go <clears throat> um, again. The timeline of this is odd meals because we have not. And, and I had to look this up. There hasn't been, there wasn't confirmation of Jack Perry being suspended until the scrum. So like he was willing to not say anything until someone asked him that on, on, on media on Sunday night. So we didn't right. know anything about anything other than CM Punk was fired. Um, and then from there you get the, to me, hastily put together uh, kind of opening to collision, which you guys can, can hear um, in the beginning of this show. Uh, and a lot of different things happen, a lot of different emotions. But what did you feel about it when you first heard that he had been let go? I was legitimately, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it more, not less of like, okay, this is a disciplinary action and this is the result of it, but more so that CM Punk's AEW run is officially over. The elite have won. And 
<laughs> it's just the mere fact that it just kind of ended in the way it ended unceremoniously ended this wasn't a long dragged out thing like his wwe release where he walked out and for months and months we kind of questioned will he come back won't he come back what's the status did his eye is he let go or is he not let go this kind of happened all at once where it was like he his contract has been terminated he's no longer with aew we will figure out how to move on from here and this is a company who this was their big get was cm punk that this is they, they made the company in his image (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is this is their essentially their marquee guy. This was the person who, if you have someone like him, you at least have someone that people recognize and people will follow. And I don't think I I don't think this will. I would hope at this point. I don't know if the situation hasn't really ruined his relationship with his fans. Um, I don't think so, but I'm sure it's sure as hell ruined the relationship of fans with the company. <laughs> Um, because of how, but I was shocked. I was literally shocked. Like, yeah, I, I, I laughed obviously because I saw this coming. I call, I called it last week. I said you have to let Punk go. That he's a repeat offender. He fought. He beat up the EVPs. Not one of them, Meals. Not two of them. All three of them. Had his man's help too. <laughs> he beat him up. He should have been gone a year ago. Why do you think? All right, let's do, let let's uh let's go back to a year ago. Let's kind of like finish the story, right? <laughs> um, oh, that already. Well, Punk finished his own goddamn story. Yes. Um, the fight happened. We talk about it. We have a great, this great episode about it. Why don't you think he was fired after that? Well, one, I think they had a lot of leverage in terms of. Or not they. I, I think Punk had a lot of leverage in terms of how it all happened. I'm not going to say that there was any lawsuits made or anything like that. I definitely believe that there were illusions that like they could that could happen. But Punk was injured anyway. He was already out. So Tony had an out in the fact that he doesn't want to look like the bad guy for firing somebody when he's injured already. But also, Tony really fucking loves CM Punk, even though that locker room actively hated the guy. Right? So... He didn't want to fire him, but he was he wasn't it doesn't feel to me. I don't know if you feel differently. He does it doesn't feel to me that he was fucking with the elite either. Like whatsoever. I think he was definitely put in a position <laughs> where he had it was gonna be the wrong decision no matter what. And I think Tony definitely sided with pretty much the bank account, like CM Punk, the draw. He sided with the draw in all of this situation. So I think when he's not fired, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, I got to sneeze. Thank you. I muted it. Um, And thank you for saying bless you. No one says bless you to me. But um, no, like, there's a lot of, it's just weird. There was a level of, of mistrust there. And I think that mistrust carried over in those nine months that festered. Um, but how could you not, how could you not, like, I feel like at the, from looking from Tony's perspective, which I rarely look at because I can't predict what he's necessarily going to do. I would look at it from the situation of like, how are you as EVPs going to do this? Yeah. Y'all basically went in there and jumped in there or attempted to. Attempted uh, to. I mean, I mean, it leads all the way to the fact that we did learn that they were suspended somewhat. They come back with the, with the, with the, uh, with that weird ass. But it wasn't. 
is it is it weird to you it's never announced that when people are suspended yeah it's it's pretty weird but again like AEW doesn't have to answer to the same people that WWE does as a publicly traded company. And even more so when that when that merger goes through in the next right. couple of years or whenever it's going to happen, they have to let people know because there's a level of transparency that the, the stockholders and the public have to know about because, you know, they're public. With AEW, they don't. So a lot of the things they do in the shadows will never come to light other than speculation from fucking Twitter accounts. You know what I'm saying? Which right. you look at the likes of something or you see when they do like the the, the big, huge... Uh, love bomb that they love to do. They did against they did it against Lufisto. They did it after All Out, which was like okay, <laughs> like you had a good pay per view. Calm the fuck down. But um, I think this level of distrust carried over into 2023 in the sense that it had been it, it was what February and Punk was still not on TV, still not on mm-hmm. TV. Meanwhile, we're getting rumors of a third show. We had heard about the third show as well way earlier than that that punk was going to be a part of full kind of, you know, split of the shows. This gets announced in, in, in what at the upfronts, that was the first kind of key there. That was the summer of con. Remember that it was the summer of con thing where, you know, WB, they, they fuck with them back in May, but then the collision poster comes out. Punk's not on the, on the, on the poster. That was, that was so in terms of like history of like, Let's let's mark all the red flags before we head to this point where they essentially go zooming through this big giant red flag. One, the first, the first, uh, one of the first earliest red flags for me, and this is a very subtle point, but you talked about it. Remember, you talked about it in an episode with Quan on the War Report. Yeah. Um, the elite when they actually did return, and made essentially a mockery of the entire situation. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the first red flag of like, oh, ultimately these guys despite being EVPs of their company and who should be in the more professional role, do not care about this. And it's literally going to be followed up with the other thing of the victory lap that happened at collision. I look at those key situations like, Oh, these guys are not actual, like they're not fit to be in the position that they're in. They're in the position that they're in because they helped founded the company. But realistically, like these are not professionals at any point of the rather. And I'm sure CM Punk is looking at all of this and he's making note of all of this. Um, but again, yeah, that second major red flag came at the upfronts, but that man was not on that poster. Yeah, we it, it was it was, and the thing was, it was beyond the upfronts. The press it, it might as well have been a press report because it it came out in all the wrestling publications and all the news things about this third show and what it was meant to be. So before you actually got to the upfront where it was actually physically announced, we were all told beforehand, there's going to be a new show. CM Punk is going to be the face of the show. He's going to work on Saturdays. This is, it was essentially laid out entirely for us before it, felt, it was officially released. It felt like probation though, which is, this is a strong term, but collision felt like probation for Punk. He was neither moving up in the car nor moving down in the car. It felt lateral. Like collision never actually felt like it was a new beginning for CM Punk, but rather a holding pattern while we figure out what the hell to do with you because you're way too much of a incendiary figure that you can't even show up on Wednesday nights unless the people that you beat up a year ago are not on that show. And the fact that they like who knows what they had to do all in or all any of the pay-per-views, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what they had to do there? I, feel, um, I have a feeling we're going to find out soon, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and and, and I, I think that 
just to get to collision where that whole thing happened later and he announced CM Punk and, and everyone was happy. Collision kind of. <laughs> Collision kind ends of. up being a show that is that is largely anchored by him. It's anchored by people that are part of his kind of story, his his, you know, his squad. And that lies, there lies the biggest red flag of this past two months, Meals, that there was ever size to begin with. I brought this up a couple months ago. I said, Tony, how are you going to separate your fan base even more? And it's already small. It's already 800,000 people. So those 800,000 people are going to watch on Wednesday. And then it's, it was what? cut Like every week, Mills, it was cut in half on Saturday. Because it was, the only people that would stay were people who loved CM Punk. But they were also people that loved the elite. I mean, you think about it. It's not just 400,000 people that don't watch on Wednesdays. It's the same people. They're just not going to watch that show twice. But you, you got this sense, though. It was usually when you put out multiple things and i guess this is also like a release like psychology practice because like i remember back in the days when artists used to put out like two singles like one for the streets and one for the clubs or one for the ladies and and essentially it was like whichever one performs best is what we're going to kind of like roll with but essentially the idea is to choose and i think what happened also with this collision thing is that you put it in a situation where people were forced to choose one or the other and people were beginning to turn on, I know specifically, I mean, I didn't really like Dynamite anyway, but I know specifically for me, I trended more towards Collision because of certain things. But ultimately, my faith wasn't behind the entire product that was known as AEW. Yeah, because and I, think, I think a lot of fans actually began to feel that way as well. Because like at the, at the end of the day, as much as you might like Collision, nothing was going anywhere. And I, and I think that even in light of his firing... You were gonna start seeing things happen on that show that continue from the Wednesday show. They just got a free a free third show where they can they can continue putting the stuff you didn't like on Dynamite on Saturdays. You know what I'm saying? Like the and and they're hoping they're hoping beyond all hope that those eight hundred thousand people will follow them to Saturdays too. I'm here to tell you right now, I do not think that will be the case. I I really don't. Well, not anymore. But kind of like Kind of like going back to the upfronts thing, I think that was the major red flag, and then we find out all the reasons for this red flag and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Hey, Steel, what's up with my mans? I'm not agreeing to do this show unless my mans is put back in some sort of position because he was unjustly in this situation, attacked and fired and put in this position where he had to help defend his friend from essentially people coming after him and stuff like that. So he's holding out on pretty much AEW and saying, like, listen, none of this is happening until I'm sure that Ace Steel has something going on with this. Yeah. And um, and the thing about uh, it is with Punk, even as we come down from Collision all the way up to, to All In and Wembley, there were just so many, like, weird things, too. Like, MJF never addressed him, even when they were both on the same show at the same time with the, with the world title. I was like, there's clearly no plans for you guys to actually wrestle. And from all that I've heard and that we've heard, there, that wasn't that wasn't the plan at all. Yeah, it didn't seem like that was the plan. From what I from what we heard, the initial plan, the actual plans were to just create a second world title, which is again insane to think that this is the lengths that we have to go to to feature CM Punk on our television show. Yeah, he was as he a was part far, of our company. He was far too often, even though Punk was not. The thing about it is, Punk was made an example of, and and rightfully so because of his own actions. 
But even though he was not like the main issue in AEW, he still isn't. I don't think this fixes their issues in, in the least bit. He was Dude, the we, com- we gotta get to that at the end. <laughs> he was like again, like he was the common issue for the past 365 days. And I think that it begins with Adam, Adam, uh, Adam Page, and it ends with fucking Jungle Boy. Nothing ever directly with the elite ever happened to him other than the scrum, but it all began there and ended there with 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 that. And I, I don't know because I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that also happened was indirect stuff, right? Like to me, a major part of this, a major major part of this, and when you talk about AEW still having problems, I think AEW's major problems. You want to know what I did? I over the weekend I ran back a couple of episodes um of the a show to kind of like get the feel kind of get the journey journey the cursor of this episode 197 of the a show we talked about the rumors cm punk and daniel bryan were going to be signed to aew we had known a little bit beforehand but you know it was officially put out sean ross that do you know what we said on that show (laughs) we said we said it's interesting that news is beginning to come out about this company when we have heard nothing about any backstage news for the last two years. Yeah. We did not hear a single, there was no rumor. I mean, they might've been, it might've been the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa thing, which was a thing, but realistically the news cycle kept their mouths tight on kind of like all happenings happening behind, whether it was good or whether it was bad, I'll say mostly bad. If it was good, they didn't shut up about it. But when it was bad, we didn't hear a damn thing about it. But it's interesting for me to hear once the CM Punk thing kind of like started, which which was when the real news cycle for AEW really began to like move in motion. Because I think personally, in my opinion, I think there were always detractors from CM Punk coming to AEW. And I think there was always people who were like, this is not, I mean, beyond us being a bad idea, Oop didn't necessarily want them there. And to be honest with you, I think a lot of that has to do with the news cycle. I'm not really blaming Sean Rossap here, but I'm looking more towards Meltzer and Alvarez. I'm yeah. looking more towards how they, um, how their journalism was kind of skewed towards um, kind of more of an elite standpoint on this kind of situation. And it was... If if I was Tony in this situation, if I was Tony moving on from here, I would publicly, I don't know if he's going to, he's never going to do it, but I would publicly say like, listen, we want nothing to do with what you're, because this needs to stop. Because the publication is the real catalyst for why this thing happened. It's yeah. the fact that the news got out, that Jungle Boy felt the need to do all of these things, to react to it. Oh, yeah. And who put it out? Like who come who, on? Yeah, yeah. Who put it so out? So he yeah. it's this news that was followed up, and it's the news that was you know, that came beforehand. Again, CM Punk has gotten in public spats with Alvarez and Meltzer for kind of like thing. It's the news beforehand, even before the the brawl out scrum, of like, why is this news coming out about me and Colt Cabana? Why is this news coming out about me and the elite? Why is all this news being thing? Things were being obviously fed to them. In my opinion, this is my, I don't have a lot of conspiracy theories, but I got, <laughs> this one is like lining up for me because I do feel like the the rumor mill was a major part in why this situation happened the way it happened. And I do think that there's a level, there's too much of a level of communication 
between wrestling dirt sheets or wrestling publications and AEW. You know look what? At no, look at another. Sorry, one more thing. Another key example: Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. Why the hell is Sports Illustrated being the one to tell us that he's suspended, and then it's retracted after that? Oh, he's mm-hmm. never suspended. He hadn't heard about it. His lawyer hadn't heard about it. That's so like, it's like, who, what I'm confused on, like, what is the purpose of continuing to feed these stories or the, the, the benefit of feeding these stories to these things when it's ultimately hurting your company? And Punk isn't innocent there either, because, like, there's no way that anyone finds out that he didn't have he had terrible travel accommodations if that wasn't the person that he told it to himself or someone that he fed it to. You know what I'm saying? Like, they both both teams, both camps deliver that news directly elsewhere. Like you could, you could say FTR did the same, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've like, like all of that kind of falls into it. No matter what they say to, to, to deny it, there is, there are, they don't fight like punk fights with his fists backstage. The rest of them people in the back, they fight through the, the, the sheets. You know what I'm saying? They fight, they fight through the dirt sheets. And I, I want to say, and I want to get your thoughts on, because the moment to me where I, I kind of my eyebrow went up and I said, I don't think punk has long for this company, whether they just let him go or whether they just let his contract lapse, which would have been up, I think, next year. Um, When the elite resigned, every single one of them, all of the meals, including Adam Page, resigned. And I said that, that, that how will that ever work where punk can't show up on Wednesday nights if they don't talk about it and, and they don't they don't they don't speak. Right. Then you hear about the mm-hmm. it's the biggest contention right now is this alleged meeting between Punk and the EVPs that was supposed to happen in Atlanta two weeks ago before All In or three weeks ago now before All In, right? The story goes, the elite canceled it. Tony canceled it. There's so many stories going on about this. I don't know if we'll ever get the truth, truly. But what was your take on this supposed meeting that was supposed to happen? Because that that right there, to me, might have been Punk's breaking point. Like if, if you if you nag at a person for so long, I'm sorry. Like and, and again, like we're not trying to defend CM Punk here. You know what I'm saying? But it's very hard not to see his. I side. feel like you. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely possible to be able, and, and it's more possible than the other side. To quite frankly. To see why someone who is being antagonized in various ways, whether they're directly or indirectly, whether they're subtle or whether they're blatant, would continue, you know, wouldn't, this wouldn't be the result, right? So my opinion of that meeting was, this was probably the last situation where this thing could be fixed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the elite, it's interesting to see how it goes, but I think if I were anyone else in that company, if I were a Jericho, Moxley, Brian, you know, those locker room leaders, um, yeah. I would have said, why the fuck didn't you take that meeting? If there was an opportunity to work together, because this is the company that works together. This is the company that's all in one ship. This is the company where there's nothing happening backstage. Everyone's all happy-go-lucky. We're all working on the same team. You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you take that meeting? Why wouldn't you at least hear it out? Why wouldn't you say, okay, it's been a year. How can we move on from this business-wise? I feel like they, they didn't knew. want to. Yeah, maybe, they maybe they knew or 
not that he was going to get fired, but I, to me, him signing those guys again, that's at least it. It might have been the same time the Jack Perry and the nickname it, the Ryan Nemeth thing came out, and maybe that's why they were like, you know what, we don't want to do this anymore. It could have been a situation where that soured them on it. Oh yeah, with the room of uh, Hangman not being able to record at the like again, so many things fed to the dirt sheets. I forgot about those points too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know the exact timeline. I don't know the exact timeline. So this is all like speculation. Was, meeting would have been um, that weekend, the weekend of All In. So it was after the Ryan Nemeth thing, uh, but definitely after the the rumored Hangman Page not being able to do his pre tape at the South Carolina or something like that. But um, and then you, CM Punk does that terribly out of poorly taste promo after Collision, too, where he had which, to apologize too. Yeah, he had to apologize, and I heard he got fined that as well so again it's like you're right i could see them saying you know what fuck it we don't want to do it you're, you're still taking shots at us you know what i mean and we haven't said anything again punk wasn't right for that it was actually kind of corny you did that but but again you think about how much money the tony book ended to resign the elite that's like 15 15 16 million between all of them you know what i'm saying just just to pay them you know what i mean I don't think there's a world where CM Punk gets resigned next year or, or a year after or whenever. I don't think his option gets picked up. I think he was going to be gone anyway. You don't think so? No, absolutely not. If they're already I, declining that meeting, and this is literally days before he beats up Jack Perry and a monitor falls on Tony and all of this stuff happens. Allegedly. <laughs> and he lunges at Tony and all of allegedly. this stuff. Allegedly, whatever. <laughs> I don't see a world where with that much money, especially when you still have other guys and production and the cost to, to throw on a show, it's just you. There's no backing from any real sponsors. Let's just be real. Like there's no backing from any of those types of things. I can't see them re-upping CM Punk in 2024, especially with the fact that the EVPs have seemingly more power. I, and Jericho's still there. Right. I think it would have definitely been quite a negotiation. Um, and that ultimately, I mean, I don't think they would have reached to a thing. So I could see the not resign thing. I don't think they would have reached an agreement. But if I think, if I think, if Tony Khan had the ability to say, "Can we resign CM Punk for another like three years ago?" I think he does it one because of Collision. Two, um, I think one of his biggest fears was realized when Cody jumped to WWE. (laughs) When Cody pulled up. And it's a different, we were talking about this in the Discord the other day. I think Mark brought it up. He was like, he was looking at old AEW clips and he was like, I can't believe they never said whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't believe they never did whoa. Like, I can't believe they had this theme song it's and they never. It's a different type of fandom, yo. It's a different yeah. type of fandom. I, I think, oh, I, I want to get into the where CM Punk goes from here. But what I. I, do you want to get past the firing part? Because 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 like, I want to get to Tony Khan himself. Well, okay, so yes, CM Punk ultimately. I mean, th- this leads to the fight backstage. We talked about it last week, kind of like in full the Jack Perry fight, blah blah blah. Um, I think. I mean, this is this is the right decision. I think he had to do. Tony Khan essentially has to do what protects his company the most. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. He can't beat up uh, Kip Sabian, so albeit yeah, albeit it took a whole year and change, and that's the reason why we criticize this thing because there are multiple red flags leading into it. I mean, let's Um, criticize them. I mean, like Saturday or 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 Sunday night, 
or Saturday morning. I'm sorry, Sunday, Saturday night. He comes out at Collision. There's two things. He he does the taped version of this um, for TV because I don't think that this has always been something that I've heard. Cyrus has said it. A lot of other people have said it. They don't play pre-tapes on the screen. I think at AEW shows. Like anyone I've ever heard about, they never show. They they say they never play the pre-tapes um, for the people in the crowd. So they're just sitting in silence. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> um. So he so he cuts. I the, will never know. <laughs> he cuts a pre-tape. Uh, in the usual robotic kind of seemingly you can tell where the cuts happen and where they end and where they start. You, he's reading off of a cue card. That's yeah. really. And he comes out in the Chicago crowd who they booked, you know, the whole weekend, uh, the whole week there. He comes out and I think the main key things are that he he unanimously uh, decided, you know, it was his choice and his choice alone. He says it also in the written statement. This is three statements, by the way, that they put out that the kind of confirmed his firing um he says it was his his you know it was a unanimous decision his decision it was a legal counsel it was a dis- disciplinary board i say where the fuck were they at when when andrade was 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 not <laughs> we're in fucking um what's that cop dude name um uh what cop dude the, the dude who also beat up um sammy guevara oh uh uh fucking eddie, eddie kingston yeah there we go. Like, where were they from that? Where's, I mean, I'm sure maybe there is a disciplinary committee. But again, I feel like it feels more, I don't know, why they did it with the punk thing. I don't, it's a, I, he there just needed one. more reasons. There wasn't one before CM Punk. That's the, that's the thing. So this this played incredibly different for two different people. So when, when you see it on a collision, it plays completely different than what you saw uh, outside in the crowd um on collision and i feel as though they managed to kind of try and bounce back from that and i think they did a pretty 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 serviceable job of doing that see uh tony comes out and i think they're rocking with him they're really rocking with what he's saying until he says i fear for my life and i think that the i feared for my life statement or 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 thing is what i feel as though will really live in infamy about this whole thing i'm all for protecting the company i think that when you when you cross over into like that legalese speak when you work in a wrestling, you know, back, you know, a, a wrestling locker room, a lot of people have assumptions of how things go. And a lot of people will not feel a lot of empathy for that because, you know, you're working with 300 pound dudes every single day and some shit's bound to go down. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just bound to happen. You know what I mean? So what were your thoughts on the I feared for my life thing? I feel like it's something that a lot of people have, you know, thoughts about. And but I but I think that largely, especially from kind of the old guard. And, or especially a lot of people who fucking are just fans, they are not rocking with that. They're not feeling that statement at whatsoever. I don't know. It might be an insult to people who have had been in situations where they've actually feared for a life. But right, I also, right. also don't know fully what happened, right? But I can't imagine if it was anything. We... I, I I don't know. I can't fathom why he would say I feared for my life. Like <laughs> I, what? The man the, went out and wrestled immediately after. <laughs> he yeah, did his job. Came back, and I guess y'all was cool again. I, I like I don't I don't I don't. He's get, taking I, I, pictures I, and shit. For all intents and purposes, and one more thing on Punk too. They said that they expect the response from him, and people expect it. The Sports Illustrated said that they expect the response to be explosive. Explosive. I have no clue. I don't know what NDAs are signed. It seems like a way more legal deal than what because like when WWE let him go, they just let him go. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just yeah. Said, all right, all right, you can say whatever. Never NDAs. Never in the yeah. history of thing have they have NDAs. Everyone is on RF. I don't want to say RF. <laughs> Everyone's on fucking shoot things, doing their biz, podcast, talk is Jericho, Lillian yeah. Garcia. <laughs> They're doing you know whatever, what? man. Never do NDAs. They don't give a shit. AEW, you're NDA the fuck out. But um, yeah. I, I, I look at that, and I think a lot of people see, saw the same thing I did. I, I saw that as a as a statement where if Punk tried to sue, Tony could claim that he felt he feared for his life. And also, I look at it look at it as a money thing. I don't think it's lost on me that that this happened right at the start of the third year of his deal, where they won't probably have to pay the rest of that money out for his contract because they they found they filed it with cause. It's, it's like a it's basic employee termination ruling, like. If they found cause for you to be fired, especially something that has to do with violence or a physical act, they don't have to pay you. And I think that's really right. what really what it boils down to is that they don't. He's not going to pay it out, which is smart because he has other people to pay who he's going to be having to resign come twenty twenty four when their contracts are up. I mean, he got a lot more money now to do all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he resigned Christian Cage apparently. Like he's he's. He's re-signing people, but um it can wait for fucking edge, which st- I mean we, we can talk about that at a later date. <laughs> Please, not now. But him 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 standing on that stage, him sitting on that stage to me was a perfect encapsulation of what a baby. pretty much like <laughs> a baby, but also like it was like you ever been reprimanded at school and they make you sit in the front in the corner with everyone watching you or something along those lines you got like something humiliating mm-hmm. um put a dunce cap on you that's the equivalent of a dunce cap to me because you as the evp multiple people multiple professionals multiple people in your ear who work with you who don't work with you who always think said this guy should not be here anymore. And you said, I'm going to let him rock out. Like, it was, you know, everyone is old. And you just let him continue to stay there. And and now there's so many situations that have arise, and there's so much, I guess, negative impact to your company. The perspective of your company looks terrible. The situation of your company. You essentially, because of how the situation fired up, you essentially it built up to the point where someone named Jack Perry <laughs> felt empowered enough to do that to your top star. Like you do that in WWE, you thrown down the card, you damn near throw down a flight of steps. You're back to you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? Like, come on. Like, we've heard of situations where people didn't get it along and had to, like, deal with the situation in their own kind of ways. Um, But. Can I be real? Go ahead. Tony only feared for his life because of situations that he created. That's just. Yes. Long and short of it. He feared for his life because of a situation that he created that got way bigger than he ever expected it to be. These are not to to take a to take a, a, a analogy from uh, the cornet take of this. These are not action figures. 
He's absolutely right when he says that. They're not action figures. They're, they're, you, you can't just press a button and they do whatever the hell you want them to. These are human beings. You are dealing with human beings. When, when his response is, I can't make everybody like each other. <laughs> like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the, that's not, you as, a, you as a leader, you as the thing. That's not how you resolve this situation. Yeah. That's, yeah. A no, that's no attempt to resolve the situation. It is like, all, well, it's all contingent on things that he created himself. These are things that he created, things that he wrought. This is, this is, this is the, the, this is everything coming to roost for him. And I hate using the, I, I feel like people use WCW analogies very often because they've quite often never seen WCW before. Like they weren't there for it. So they like, the, or they mis- mis- misremember details and I won't compare it. AEW, WCW. I, I don't think that it's anything like that at all. But I think that what I what I can say is that the 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 hubris, I think, is the only thing that I could compare it to. And I think that's why, like, you see people like Bischoff being so, uh, I guess, critical of AEW because he had that same hubris that Tony does. That this is the same guy, Meals, that during the scrum he said, "I don't listen to internet." Uh, discourse about the way that I book because the shows end up being good anyway. You know that could all end. Yeah. <laughs> that could stop. That could easily stop. Like, on a week-to-week basis. Like, look at the... Again, business isn't... I mean, shout out to All In, but the rest of the business is not trending in that same direction. I this st- could all end. I still... All, all end. Hey, All End is the documentary title. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen the peak to me of that august 2021 period where it was it was rightfully so you had wwe on the ropes they were on the fucking ropes meals they, they there was nothing they could do about it they they fired half of their fucking staff you know what i'm saying they fired everybody and little did we know that that was like to get a bigger bag later but they fired everybody right Adam Cole appears, Brian Davidson appears, CM Punk appears. You got a roster then. I said it back at that time. You got a roster. You got something you can work with there. Nine months later, ratings are down. A couple months after that, CM Punk is not on TV anymore. And Adam Cole is not on TV either. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, this is this. I've never seen a company bounce back. I don't think that there is a, as a, a rightful bounce back. And, and hey, to be clear, I honestly think Dynamite will do numbers this week because the people are interested in what the fuck's going to happen next. It's the biggest news in wrestling. Do I think they're going to give a show that's going to reflect the fact that they are taking this seriously and the fact that they're trying to, to, to give you something new? Absolutely not. You know why? Because the elite are still at the wheel. This company will not change unless they are gone and they are not going to be gone for a very long time. And taking CM Punk out the equation, call him a locker room cancer, whatever you want. There are multiple cancers that are within this company that are not gone and that will not go away that easily. That's just, that's just, but also, but also a lot of people, I think a large part of why AW was winning because was because of the, I guess the creative, I'll, you never doubt the creative of Vince McMahon because ultimately he created the format of how this is today, but it was because of the, essentially the creative aptitude, how people felt towards watching his shows. Tony Khan is no better. (laughs) He has not proven to be better. He has not proven, while he, everyone will say Vince McMahon is out of touch, 
Tony Khan has no concept of like what actual good television is. <laughs> At least Vince McMahon had that. You know what I'm saying? He had something that, okay, we're building here, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing this here. There was no, like you said, even with the MJF thing, I truly believe it was going somewhere. But, I mean, again, MJF was in his own world, CM Punk is in his own world. I low-key feel like they also have some sort of beef as well, but it's just not documented because he doesn't go running to the same fucking people that everyone else does. Yeah. Um, But it's a... The show lacks so much because of this man's lack of vision. And there's no, the reason why they'll never be able to bounce back because the show is ultimately like on a week to week basis. Yes, these stars are talented, but you can't always just bank on them being talented to sell this company. Yeah. If talent sold a company, look how many people would be rich. You can't bank on that, bro. You have to come up with creative television. You have to come up with creative solutions. You have to present yourself in a way that's, while it can be different than WWE, but also, like, as a company. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, AEW to me, it's just, I, I don't know. I'm definitely, I don't, feel, I don't think I can watch this week because I feel like every week it insults you for watching. Like, as good as some matches can be, and again, I applaud the performers for going out there and doing their thing. The show makes me want to pull my eyes out. What? <laughs> because why would you, like, what sense does this, why, the? and this is why, again, this is why, this is what CM Punk, the benefit of CM Punk, some, someone who had the actual vision or not even the vision, but understood that from the professional standpoint. Been in WWE system for a long time, ROH system for a long time, all this other stuff like that. He understood kind of how, and this is weird because he's a wrestler. He understood how the flow of shows could go. Your opening segment builds to your final segment sometimes. So you have that through point during the show where people are not, you know, you're, you're, you're rewarded for tuning in. Yeah, yeah. It's the engagement. Whereas, yeah, yeah. And that's just a basic form of, that's just basic writing for t- anything, <laughs> anything that you want people to tune into. And yeah. it's just, uh, I, I, well, Daniel or Brian Davis is back. Brian Davis is back. So that make everything better. I, he wasn't moving the needle before. He's possibly a little bit more hurt than he was last time he was on TV. It seems like he came back too early. If you know, from what he's saying, if, if what he's saying is to be believed, that doesn't seem like he's, he's, he's ready to go all the way yet. But he also doesn't seem like he's, he's willing to be there long-term anymore either. You know what I mean? So, again, you, you've got hurt guys, aging guys on the roster. You're thinking about bringing in another age. I know you don't want to talk about it, but you're thinking about bringing in another aging guy in Edge who you will have two years of at best to kind of make a mark there, which I don't know if that will work. But it, but but now you you're you're left with what you have with what you have you have a you have a team of guys that no one really cares about in the elite, other than Kenny. You have Brian Danielson who will give you great matches and it's it's great for tweet engagement. That's cool. And then you have a bunch of guys who were not built up correctly, and the one guy who could have built them up to be superstars like him, you fired him in the middle of a program with 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 a young guy. Ricky Stark said at the beginning of his collision promo, "I feel like I'm about to cry." <laughs> <laughs> And I felt him. You know what I'm saying? I felt him in that situation. 
because he's just one of the people who jerked around from this situation. Albeit, Punk was overall a cancer to the thing. I still stand on the opportunity he gave people on Collision and allowed them to actually develop into actual characters. I think it, albeit the show, again, did not do well in numbers, will not do well in numbers. Actually, probably, I got to look it up um, because I'm pretty sure the ratings come. No, the ratings are probably delayed because of uh, Labor Day. Fashion fashion Nationals were looking about three, three ish, 300. Terrible, terrible. Rampage, literally rampage numbers. Um, he gave opportunity to some people. I liked Collision. I'm not even gonna say it. I liked Collision just because it was a different format than the regular show. Don't get me wrong, same company, different format for the show. But again, like now it's gonna be Britt Baker DMD. <laughs> bro, did you you could see the stark difference from last week to this week? Mercedes Martinez got two week a two week run on that show, and then suddenly Britt Baker, Soraya, <laughs> Tony Storm, um, Ruby Soho were all featured on a show that they've never really been on before. Suddenly, John Moxley's showing up and cutting promos and shit like that. Like, I don't know. It, it's just I under I felt Ricky Starks in that moment was like I feel like I'm going to cry because realistically, like. You stand in this moment, you feel like something is going in one direction. Albeit the the the, the opportunity he was going to receive at All Out was rumored that he was going to receive the real world championship shot at the show. Yeah. Um. So this well, was a big opportunity for him. So I mean, congrats to Brian Danielson. Everyone's singing his praises, but uh, Jeff Jarrett calls him the best storyteller in the business, and Eric Bischoff. Jeff Jarrett said, said that. Yeah, he seems to think that Eric Bischoff says this. It's a breath of fresh air to have Brian and creative. And I said, he you said know, that I I, wa- I watched I watched um, Eric's thing. He said, um, because Vince McMahon recommended him, and uh, he respects Vince McMahon, he feels like there may be some potential there with Brian. Because if Vince McMahon is recommending you to be part of the creative team, which he did when Eric was part of, um, yeah. Eric was saying he was like, "Oh, he must think very highly of you, so there may be some potential there." Yeah, well, he seems to be the new CM Punk, just like he was in, ten years ago. Ironically, <laughs> when CM Punk <laughs> he slid into that uh, into that role, and uh, we're we're a what is this our second peak? Uh, everyone's talking like All Out is 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 better than every WrestleMania ever again. So does yeah. does this solve does this solve AEW's problems? The no. problem Mark Henry said the problem is gone. So what now? I was like, you work for the company, man. You tell me. <laughs> but the problem is still the women's division. The problem is still the fact that nobody cares about the elite and they're gonna continue to be booked like I mean, they're losing now. Right now. But they're still on your TV screens. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the problem is the aimless, directionless, creative with 85 to 100 fucking people on the roster that you don't know what to do with and there's three shows for all of them you know what i'm saying like that that's that's the real issue i i don't think this solves anything for that company right now but i think that people love to see the car crash and when it comes to the doldrums of fall and winter when you know they're they're you know they pull out the gambit of mjf and adam cole and that's like their biggest program they will see where that goes but i i are you going to invest you know, two more hours into their shows on Saturday nights in the wintertime. You know what I mean? When there's other stuff on TV. Well, I mean, Rider Strike might help them. 
there's not going to be much on there other than sports. But if, if that stops, then who knows? You know what I mean? Like, we 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 will see. But it looks like for the, the two times that Collision has gone up against the WWE PLE, it has not done well. So. And they're just going to have, I mean, they're not stopping PLEs. So. Yeah. I mean, Survivor Series is coming. Fast lane is coming. There is going to be a the only the only reprieve they have from PLEs is going to be the Saudi show that's going to happen in November. That's and that's it. And they get and a break. They all, a break in December, and that's it. Yeah, they're also running up. There's going to be a collision running up against SmackDown um, in November. Oh well, uh, Cody Rhodes come on down and face to face with Roman Reigns. <laughs> Imagine Cody Rhodes has to put the nail in the coffin of the whole show that he helped develop. Come on down and get face to face with Roman Reigns. I love Cody saying, I, "I didn't have time to watch All In." <laughs> well, you know, I had to work, but uh, you know, shout out to those guys. Um, well, thing before we kind of put a bow on this is, I think a lot of people want to want to hear our thoughts on where CM Punk goes from here. Um, not we don't know as of yet. If there's a non compete. I don't know primarily if that happens. If you after you're fired, yeah, I don't know if that happens after you're fired. I would argue that I feel like part of Punk's whole thing is that if he's able to not have a non compete, he would probably go what. But I don't know what he's willing to do. I, if I was him, I'd be like, listen, I'll I'll cut this lawsuit shit out if you if you cut my non complete no or non compete. Let's say that the let's let's say meals the coast is clear come November. The Endeavor stuff's out the way. They've moved all the pieces because I, I think that's going to be another big story for us coming uh, the next couple of weeks. I hope it doesn't happen <laughs> during our break, but th- there's probably going to be some layoffs. All right. Like that's 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 inevitably going to happen because of this merger. Coast is clear. Does he come back to WWE? Is that something is that something you want to see? Is that something that you that you feel as though will put a bow on CM Punk's career? Because realistically, that's where he would probably end is, is, is in WWE. I don't know how much of a bow it puts on his career. I think he's had, I mean, it would certainly be a better ending than what he had before. But my thing is CM Punk's entire thing was he never, like his entire thing at WWE is I never main evented WrestleMania. And I mean, he has the opportunity to, if he does go back, but you'll have to realize like, it's it's a different world than AEW because once again the direction is not going to be built around CM Punk. Like, it's the same realization I think Adam Copeland has. It's the same realization that I'm sure Christian Cage when he looked to resign he was like, "I gotta face Jay Uso." Uh, <laughs> um, I'll peace out. But I think, I think it's worth it to bring CM Punk back to WWE. Actually, wrong. That's wrong word. I don't know if it's worth it, but I'm not against it because I think ultimately at the end of the day, he is someone who is still. I look at my for you page yesterday. It was CM Punk every other tweet. Yeah, yeah. They fuck they, all out. They have they have potentially because I mean because the thing about it is is this people were turning into all out because the car was shit. But they were they were tuning in to see the response of CM Punk. When that's gone, this is your highest in your highest market. I don't think they've killed Chicago. Well, I mean, they only they only sold five thousand seats to the fucking United Center. But I don't think they've killed Chicago. But I definitely think that the people who would show up for him are not going to come back to these shows anymore. I think CM Punk in WWE. I mean, he's got a lot to 
overcome, but I don't think, again, this is a professional company. Like, this isn't AEW. And I'm sure when he gets hired, they're going to be like, listen, the shit that went on there, it, ain't going it does like- not, ha- it ain't happening here. But I think CM Punk knows that. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of this was in response to a lot of things that have happened to him. Um, if you listen to how the dirt sheets tell it, CM Punk showed up and started punching people in the face. <laughs> but if you listen to it, how the the story and course of events, a lot of these things, uh, I don't want to, you know, again, he's not absolved of any blame, but you get it. Yeah. And I don't think that happens in WWE, even with people who hate his guts on that roster. Yeah. Because people who hate his guts in AEW and he still managed to be there for at least two years. You're gonna have to. Um, he's gonna have to face it. And I, I think one of the one of the best tweets I saw was like, somebody said like, seeing how he was, he is now. The the fact that he was in WWE for nine years is fucking insane. How how he was how he was there for that long. And I agree. How was he? We didn't hear about half of the half of the stories about him that I'm pretty sure that people have while he was there. I I think that the the smear came, campaign for him, <clears throat> I think is fucked up. I think that they're they're doing they're doing him in a way that I just didn't see, like like firing him on his on his wedding day, absolutely unforgivable, right? right. But there was there was no smear campaign after that, you know what I mean? And and I I think that didn't didn't Vince apologize? Yeah, he um, apologized on the Stone Cold um, he podcast. Apologized, Triple H. You know the people were upset about the Punk's a weird guy. Remember he said Punk's a weird guy. I'm like like bro. <laughs> He was a weird guy, man. Yeah, that's I, that's his default thing. I think Triple H is a funny guy, um, <laughs> but he absolutely is a weird guy, though. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a weird guy. I think he, he's 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 admitted that, you know. But here's also my thing. Here's my thing about also also his AEW run, right? Why the fuck was CM Punk there every week? Yeah, like one on one hand, I applaud him for the dedication of it because even when Collision was there, he wrestled every week. This man is, what, 45, 47 years old, mm-hmm. having to put on weekly matches. The only other person I remember doing that was like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did it in the 80s and stuff like that. But like in recent memory, it was like Ric Flair in his last run in WWE. But like there's an opportunity once again to showcase this guy as a star, but you don't do that by having him every week. When he's there every week. And he's especially around these people that he, he doesn't really like every week. Then there becomes a problem. I think in WWE, I don't even think he's there. If he doesn't have to be there, if he's not promoting a program, why is he there? He's on the edge schedule, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'd fucking see him punk doing commentary for like three weeks yeah. when he first started. I was but like, it, why is he here? He was definitely part of their biggest surge in viewers and i think that's why he was there doing that because he he felt as though from a grassroots company i want to help them get to you know beat raw in ratings i want to help them do all of these things to to help this company out and i think you know you could come in that i absolutely agree and i believe because you see it you saw the actions that he took to say i will do anything to not only you know change my perception of what people think of me in terms of being in the locker room but but i want to actually help people and I th- and I do believe what he said in that in the scrum that he wanted to help people. Look at look at how he was helping MJF, how he was, you know, helping Darby. He said, I want to work with Darby, all those people. Like he was attempting to get a lot of these people over, and he was continuing to do that with 
Ricky Starks um, before he was let go. I and, and that's nothing I, I I can take away from him other than just like you know some of the strange stuff that he said in his promos. Um, you know, I, I absolutely believe that he that he wanted to help the company out, and I think it just got to a point where, like I said, Collision just became it just became purgatory for him. It was like, where do I go from here? It's like you're I mean, you're not really growing, you're not really going anywhere else from here. And at that point, it's just easy to let him go. He's not really making a, you know, a, a, a dent anywhere else. Your show doing 400K viewers. It's easy to let him go then. I don't want to say this is the best thing for WWE because realistically, they're doing gangbusters, whether the fuck he's there or not. Um, but the... He is to do more gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. But the... The best thing for them over the next couple couple of months is definitely going to be the speculation of whether he comes or not. It was similar to the Cody thing, similar to a couple of other things, but the speculation around, I mean, it was similar to the AEW thing with Punk. They were doing all types of stupid shit background. They was having the C and M's tattooed on the dude's neck and shit, like before he showed up and stuff like that. Like the speculation of like, will he or won't he show up? I remember when Punk had uh, BW Bray Wyatt on his shoes. You trying to get Bray Wyatt to come to AEW? I was like, what? What? <laughs> AEW didn't want the they, listen. They didn't want that. They didn't want that drama, yo. They they didn't have the money to 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 have a Bray Wyatt, yo. Rest his soul, yo. The only way he would have worked was in the company he was in. I think CM Punk is a. It's a. His legacy is tarnished as like an asshole. Um, and I think that's why he goes back to untarnish that legacy. I yeah. think he has a very complicated legacy in that. But it's weird coming from that last. <laughs> That first dance what was the second dance promo, second coming, or last dance. Remember the the promo where he came to AEW, yeah. And, and looking said, at that I, promo, is I start wrestling in what was it oh five or some shit. And then having to come back, if he comes back to WWE, is like I, I was wrong. <laughs> he can get himself out of that and make himself look human. I I absolutely think that's what he should do because I think there are definitely fans and it's been 10 years. 10 years is is a lifetime to a lot a lot of people. There's there's kids in there there who's their first kind of inclination or person that they ever saw was a John Cena and a Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Those kids that grew up as their as them being their goats. CM Punk was a, was a generation ago to these people. They don't know who he is. I think he absolutely could be and should and should babyface himself and, and come out and say, "Yo, I what I did was messed up. I left y'all on some on some really wild stuff, and I want to come back to make that up to you guys and show you guys who I am and that I'm the best in the world." You know what I mean? Like you absolutely have to write him that way because he can't show up any other way. He showed up real, real, you know. And and I still feel as though that promo when he came back was like one of his best best promos because it was real. But I also feel like there's a, there's a there's a chance that this promo if he does if he does come back to WWE that this could be possibly as as good as that because it will be real it will be him noticing like yo they done dragged my name through dirt <laughs> and I got to clear my name up and the reason the reason I'm here is so that I can do that and then Roman comes out and like look at this fuck right here <laughs> <laughs> that's a story I mean the, the Miz program I, I say you bring him in for three programs Roman Miz and Cody, those mm. are your programs. And then you have them. Um, I mean, you could realistically have Babyface Roman against Punk, 
and then you could have uh babyface babyface cody and then the, i think the miz thing should be the first thing he goes after because i think that miz would love to work with punk I really, Yo, wasn't that also another I um if we forget this part of also it being a red flag of this motherfucker going to WWE. Yeah. Weeks went, before collision. He had to go dap up uh dap everybody. Was it before collision? Yes, it was because we were like he wasn't seen on the poster and everyone was wondering why he wasn't on the poster and apparently he had a flight to Chicago and WWE oh, yeah. was in Chicago and he went and not only did he like see WWE people on the flight he drove to the arena they were at yeah yeah and he dapped them up <laughs> went backstage got backstage he squashed the beef with Miz while he was there i think then they say they he saw he saw Triple H and Triple H he saw H and H was like H told Vince he was like is he supposed to be here and Vince was like get that nigga out of here yeah <laughs> this is like, a legal issue he was like this is this cool like he's like no nah, get get the fuck out of here which yeah cuz to Vince's point good good choice he should have did because that. they did because they did the thing last year where they were telling people oh stop um stop trying to steal our talent because they were resigning a bunch of people and calling people um I guess didn't know they were hired by AEW. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Swerve the Snitch. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but again, I, I, if the smoke clears and he goes back to WWE, I mean, I, I, I can't think of a, I can't think of a, a more poetic way to do this to, to stick it to Tony. I, I think that that will be bad blood forever. Honestly, I, I think that's going to be bad blood forever. I, I think at this point we wait for the response, right? Like we wait to see what he says. And you know, I, we, think, we, I uh, think Tony regrets this entire. I think he, if he didn't have to fire him, he wouldn't have. But essentially, he was told to. Yeah, yeah. I really do think he regret. Like, I think this is probably going to go down as one of his biggest regrets entirely. Of like how the situation, and I maybe ten years from now when he's older and have more experience, you'll realize kind of like all the places that he went wrong. But if AEW lasts another 10 years, I will also be surprised. They won't. Um, before we get out of here, A plus just texted me. Shout out to A plus. He wanted to know, uh, and this is actually a great question as we get out of here for the next uh couple weeks here. He wants to know has AEW made wrestling fan discourse better or worse? Um I mean, it's it's always gonna be worse for me. It's never gotten better. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, where I think from 2018 all the way through, um, it has been consistently one of the worst things to try and create conversations surrounding it. You can't. I literally said I didn't like a trios match one time when I got called racist. So absolutely, it's gotten worse. Like it, it, it's it's the worst type of discourse that you could have, and it's even worse now where you can have a pay per view that was built terribly, terribly, card looked on paper to be awful. And people tell you you were wrong for thinking that. Yeah, that's... Uh, and then, like, I don't know. To me, that was that was so egregious. Like, him him sitting there in that chair and just being like, this is why I'll never listen to the discourse. Like, because they're wrong. And this show was tremendous. I was like, none of that had to do with you. And you know that, you know that, that discourse he's talking about isn't the diehard fans. It's the people who have anything uh, negative to say. It's, 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 it's made it worse. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's made it worse. Absolutely worse. So um, thank you guys for listening to the A-Show. Um, 
really appreciate everything you guys have 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 done for us uh for listening to us every single week for our 307 weeks we have done this consistently whether i've been here whether meals has been here whether it's been both of us and a guest both of us and six guests we've always done this consistently I will be in Japan starting next week. So if, if you wanted to know any <laughs> any reason why we had to break this down this way, I'm going to be gone uh, for for some time in Japan. Uh, and it's just time to, to to reset, to rest and reset and come back better. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, we, we've ran pretty hard. We've ran for pretty long. So uh, yeah, it's definitely time to reset. And, you know, I implore you, I implore people, if you do miss it, go listen to an old episode. Trust me, they're hilarious. Listen to our um, CM Punk like trilogy of episodes of like the 190, what was it, 197 to the debut to uh, the all all out or brawl out scrum to this episode to see how it ends. Like it's, it all happens within two years. <laughs> and maybe there's still more story to be told. Maybe everyone will get their Teslas at the end. Who knows? Yeah, but um. <laughs> but until then episodes we 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 beat the undertaker so we're the the one in 307 <laughs> that's funny as fuck oh man but thank you guys we'll be back on the a show on uh september 27th uh for for public people and for patrons september 26th thank you all for listening uh for meals i'm justin we'll talk to you guys soon please be safe out there And please stay away from any falling monitors. See you guys later. Peace.